On the huddle with us, we've got Hayden Munro, public relations firm Capital, and David Farah of Kiwi Blog and also Curia. Hi, you two. Hello. Oh, hang on a tick. Why am I missing one of the lads? I am missing one of them. Anyway, we'll sort that out. Never mind. David, you're with me right now. So what do you think of this, uh, co- this debate about the cricket? Do you have a problem with men being paid the same as women? I think what they've done is a really smart deal because in one sense, the top men are still going to be earning five, six hundred thousand dollars, and now the top woman perhaps hundred and fifty thousand or so, um, and that's the reality that um, you pay more for the ones who bring in the revenue. But what they've done is said, let's work out a formula that takes into account how many days they play, etc. Yeah. So it's fair, and it's given the woman a good boost. It's, it's not more there, so I think it's really smart what they've done. Because they've actually allowed that, you know, um, the top men players are still going to be earning quite significantly more, but they play a lot more games. Um, So, yeah, really well done to New Zealand cricket. They've done a very good job of what's a really tough issue. Aidan, do you have a problem with the Because there are some people who do with the fact that the ball is lighter and the boundaries are shorter. No, not at all. And look, I think, as, as you were saying in your interview, this is an investment, right? The, you, you have to um, make it... Being, uh, worth being a professional cricketer to attract really good people who will play exciting games. I think actually of, of UFC, right? Um, Dana White, who runs UFC, said he'd never let women in the octagon. Thought no one would ever want to see women fighting in the octagon <laughs> until until Ronda Rousey came along, right? And she made him billions and billions of dollars because she was an exciting fighter and people wanted to, to pay to see it. So sometimes you do, you've got to make the investment and build it and they will come. David, I think the most interesting thing in the business confidence figures out from NZIER today is the fact that 30%, 37% of those businesses said labour, the lack of labour, is constraining their ability to grow. Based on that, can we actually continue to justify this immigration reset and keeping foreign workers out? No, I, I don't think you can. I don't think this is about COVID anymore. I, I think people say, oh, it's about COVID. Uh, I'm missing the point. We've seen consumer confidence has an all-time low. We're seeing business confidence too. And the two things combined in the nasty are inflation and immigration. Inflation is always terrible for everyone, but especially for businesses because they have the joint pressure of their own costs are going up, but if they put their prices up, they actually may lose custom share, et cetera. So it's really no wonder that business confidence is so low. Uh, and you know, when the government comes out and says, oh, you just have to pay staff more, well, we've got a huge doctor and nurse shortage. So is the government saying they just need to pay doctors and nurses more as opposed to we have lots of doctors and nurses overseas who want to come and work here? Yeah. What do you think, Hayden? Can we continue to justify it? We're just nicking staff off ourselves now and, and there just simply isn't enough to go around. Yeah, I, I think the government needs to do a better job explaining what's happening here. I mean, I don't I don't think the rhetoric that this is them deliberately trying to cause labour shortages matches the reality. They brought in 60,000 people last year through that, that one-off visa, 13,000 working holiday visas already approved. But I do think they need to be out there explaining to people how much they are trying to do to bring people in. Hayden, do you mind if I just stop you very quickly? They they are actually trying to create a shortage, though, aren't they? Because they're trying to drive up wages by increasing the demand. And the only way that... Hold on. The only way you increase something like that is supply and demand. Reduce the supply while there's existing demand. They are trying to... I mean, they're honest about that. 
No, and so I just I, I just disagree with you there. So I think again, I would go back to the numbers that I just said. So so they are already bringing in you know thirteen thousand working visas, working holiday visas approved. You know that actually is a, a big number of people. What what's happened here is that we closed the country down for two years. I don't think they've done a good enough job of um, clearing the immigration backlog, and I don't think they're doing a good enough job explaining that they are trying to get people in. But on the on the actual facts of it, again, sixty thousand people through that one-off visa, 13,000 people coming in on working holidays, that will make a huge difference in places like Queenstown and places like Mount Cook. And I think they need to be telling that story. David, I mean, if that is the story they're going to tell, they they can talk about visas and stuff, but a visa doesn't equate to a warm body, does it? Some of those people don't even turn up. No, like, and it takes so long to get a visa too. How's this for a policy? If you're a small business, so it's not a huge employer, you know, say you've got less than 50 staff, you can hire someone from anywhere in the world on a two, well, two years as of right. Don't need to fill in a paper, don't need a form. They can just come here for two years. If you've got a job, you can't fill locally, etc. Um, small businesses are absolutely crying out. They can't get them. And look, I know for working holiday visas, they're great, but they're very different to what the school shortages are. The working holiday visas can be young people in their 20s, early 30s, etc. Back with the huddle, Hayden Munro, David Farrar. Um, David, we'll start with you. Um, I'm sorry, I'm having such an issue right now with the gremlin in the system, but we have managed to fix it. Start with you on this one. Um, we've had a college in Auckland having to close down today, basically send all the kids home for the rest of this, uh, the, the, the term because they're unable to staff it properly on account of COVID. Do you think that this is, is this workable or are we just basically going to have to go back to work when we're sick in the winters from here on in? Um, it looks pretty dire. I mean, I'm certainly hearing from lots of parents, etc., about problems at schools. And look, let, let's be clear, it is very tough, the combination of flu and COVID and other stuff. I do wonder, though, as this was somewhat foreseeable with the Ministry of Education, so not now, but six months ago, so Pohaha and said, if you are a retired teacher, um, anyone who's been inside a classroom, can you go on a relieving roster, basically? Because you don't just need people who can, you know, to go into a school, teach a curriculum. You don't see an adult there if it's an emergency who can keep the kids in school because yeah. otherwise the parents have to then leave their jobs, take them home, etc. So, you know, a sort of dad's army of relief teachers, I think, might just help. Hayden, I'm surprised, and I said this earlier, I'm surprised by the number of people who are already just going back to old habits of going places when they're sick and they actually know that they're sick. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have. I've, I've, I've had to growl at a, a friend's flatmate recently for doing that when they had COVID. So really what did they do? I just uh, went to work after after getting a, a positive rat. So did they? Did they? Um, did they try to keep it a secret, Hayden? No, no, they didn't. They were. They were. Still, this was the thing that blew me away. And I was like, "Where have you? Where have you been the last few years?" <laughs> um, but look, it is. It is. It is happening. I, I just want to say, I think David's idea is kind of the dad's army thing. It's a really good idea. I know they did that with with truckers. The, the, the tough thing here, right, is ultimately we're, we're choosing between bad options, right? Because do, do you want to keep things at orange, in which case um, you get more cases, more people sick, or do you want to go back to red? Maybe you get, get maybe a bit fewer cases, but um, uh, you know a lot of businesses not able to operate properly. So I, I think, I think it, it is going to be rough. The, the only thing I would say is 
Um, the flu this year is especially bad because we haven't had it for two yeah. years. Um, none of the doctors think it'll be as bad next year. This is the this is the wave coming back. So I don't know if this is the future for either. Yeah, I certainly hope not. Now, David, it seems to me that eight or nine is way too young to be on TikTok, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know supervision is what parents are meant to be doing and TikTok's got some wild content there. Um, having said that, I have some sympathy for parents. I've got five and a two-year-old. They're definitely not on TikTok, but my five-year-old can turn on my Apple TV, change from Netflix to Disney, log me out, log himself in, and start his <laughs> you know, program with, with no adult intervention needed. Uh, that's been different to TV. But, yeah, kids are very curious. Kids will get on there, and you just need to be all over them and actually have parental yeah. controls and locks on it too. Jeez, it's a tough time to be a parent, isn't it, Hayden, with all the stuff You'll going find out. on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, my my friend has a 12-year-old, and, and she was saying the other day, you know, oh, God, it's so awkward. We had to have the internet talk with our, you know, with our 12-year-old. Oh, and I was like, oh, this is going to be porn, isn't it? And she goes, no, no, it's, it's anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. <laughs> and you go, oh, like, that's just... That's just not something I'd even, you know. Okay, right. That's so. Yeah, I, I just um, it's more power to parents out there because it is it is unquestionably harder to do that than it's ever been before. Oh my gosh! Get the phone, burn the phone, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Hayden Munro, David Farah, our huddle this evening.